Hello and welcome to season two of the Back in the Day podcast. I'm your host Gary and this is episode four entitled Alan Parry, Parry Air Magique. Um, as always, we're recording this virtually and I welcome my guest, Xavier. How are you, mate? I'm very good, thanks, Gary. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah, me too. Me too, definitely. It'll be good. I'm just going to give my a uh, bit of background on, to our listeners on how we know each other. Um, myself and Sav um, met at university uh, back in 2001. 2001, so, yeah, that's correct. Quite a while ago now. Um, and we met in a history lecture, uh, I remember. And yeah. um, I think the, lecture, uh, the lecturer went round the, um, the seminar and just asked us about our interests. And I think both of us both said football. Um, so after the, we were sat, football, I think, yeah. quite far away from each other in that first, uh, that first seminar. But afterwards, we had a chat about football. And then after that, we were sat next to each other, I think, every week. Just Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, in, in, yeah just probably just writing a, a few notes about football or something whilst the, uh, the <laughs> seminar was going ahead. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's, that's how we met. And obviously, just our love of football, uh, football uni um, university as well, being part of that. And um, really just socialising a lot down the... Uh, down the SU bar. Down the SU, absolutely. That's it, down the SU. And, um, and uh, yeah, just a lot, lot of fun, lot of fun, fun times that was. Um, so before we talk about our topic today, I would like to go through some comments from episode three, which, um, which was late 90s into the noughties. Um, so I've just got one comment from my dad, Terry who commented and he's just he said uh, he said to me um, that that Sam stated that when he attended his first football match his last memory is not of the football but walking down Green Street to the ground and he also remembered um, me talking about my first experience when he took me over Harrington Parks and a hot dog and a tea um, and he remembers his first match in 1964 going to the ground approaching Upton Park Station seeing hundreds of people coming out from the station over the hill and you see thousands of people walking and running down the road, the queues from the hot dog stands and burger stands snaking down the road. He said he remembered the smell of the burgers and the hot dogs filling the air, the programme sellers, souvenir sellers shouting for business, cars and buses moving down that, that, narrow, that narrow street of Green Street. Everyone just seems to be buzzing, atmosphere unbelievable. And he said the walk was unique, but obviously now it's different. The walk to Stratford, there's not as there's not as much around to entertain us. Um, and and he said the Green Street walk to the ground back in the day was certainly an experience. Um, and like Sam, it, it sort of stuck in his mind. So that was obviously from the the sixties. And um, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, we, myself, and my dad talk a lot about that. That current walk um, in Stratford is is not quite the same as um, as what used to be down Green Street. But in saying that, I'd love to be doing that walk again. But we can't do it at the moment. Obviously, we're watching all the games on on TV. But um, but that's the best thing at the moment. Obviously, so everyone's staying safe. Um, just going on to that. Um, so how you, uh, just before we we start talking about our title, how are you finding that the uh, the crowd's not being in at football at the moment? 
That's a good question. I think obviously it's 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 massively different. Um, if I watch football, um, I always put the the crowd noise on. Oh, yeah, I do as well. Yeah, I, I I can't really watch it without um, without much noise. Um, I did manage to watch a couple of the games where there was some some of the fans. Um, it's quite funny how even just like a two thousand, I think was was the maximum that that you could get in, could um, could change the, um, the 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 atmosphere. Um, obviously, it is a shame because you know normally play football for the fans so um it is a massive shame that that you know no one is is allowed in but you know there's there's more important things um but i think as well it showed that fans are really important to um to football um and hopefully when this is all over this is all over and and, and things start to go back to normal um clubs will have fans into their consideration a little bit more than they had in the past. Uh, no, I agree with that. It's a really good point at the um, the end. So uh, I think um, I'm hoping that the same thing. I'm hoping that appreciation for the fans is there, particularly with owners of, of football clubs. And uh, yeah. let's not talk about even, West Ham's owners. But, even um, though, but if, if, even, yeah, even though the pay per view wasn't the best argument in favour of fans being in a consideration of uh, of the clubs, but. You know, you, you never know. Hopefully, they'll they'll have learned that lesson, but we'll see. We we shall see. Um, so basically, the the title uh, might need a bit of explanation to our listeners. I absolutely loved it when you come up with it, Sev. Um, so it's Alan Parry, Parry et Magique. Uh, do you want to explain to our listeners? Because our listeners won't have a, an idea of this. Oh, yeah, obviously, me and you know, and we we're both smiling at the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's was actually quite find it quite hard to uh, to come up with a title until I, I just kind of had this moment of clarity and inspiration. And, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yes, yeah, so, so it's basically um, you were talking about our drunken nights out uh, at uni, and and it kind of comes from there. So um, it's it's based on a on a PSG chant of um, which is Allez Paris. Paris et Magic, um, that you, I think, in one of your drunken stupors, mistakenly <laughs> understood for Alan Parry, Parry <laughs> et Magic, which Parry is magic. <laughs> and that's what we come up with. Obviously, and, uh, uh, and a, kind of a commentator stuck. Alan Parry, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so it kind of stuck, stuck from there, really. It, it did stick. And uh, so our viewers, we're not. Um, unfortunately, if Alan Parry's listening out there, um, we're not going to be talking about you, unfortunately, today. Uh, but we will be talking about um, Parry Saint-Germain, um, who, who Xavier, um, who Xavier uh, uh, supports. Um, so, Sav, obviously, um, you know, growing up in, in Paris, um, what was your first football experience and memories like, really? And how did you start supporting PSG? Yes, well, um, I started supporting PSG, really. Um, they're, they're my lo- local team. Um, I don't really come from a football family. Um, my dad's a, a massive rugby fan. He comes from um, rugby country in, in, in France. 
um, and my mum isn't really interested in football. Um, and um, yeah, just growing up like you, like loads of other kids, um, just started to get an interest in, in, in football. Um, and PSG were my local club. Um, I was born in Paris. I grew up just outside of Paris. Um, and yeah, just obviously when you start to kind of like watch the news, read the newspapers and stuff like that, you notice that um, Paris have got a, a, a club in, in the top league. Um, and it, it, it kind of um, came came from there, really. Um, I, you know, when I was getting a bit older, um, my dad uh, managed to get tickets to, um, to, to go and watch PSG. Um, and it grew from there, really. Um, just yeah, going going to see them. Um, I, yeah, I, I'm I'm not one of these people that um, their dad or uncle or someone from their family supported the team, and it kind of um, got got from there. But um, yeah, it's it's uh, they, they were my local club, really. That's, um, that's right. uh, yeah. Um, um, what I was going to say was uh, kind of you alluded to obviously. Um, you know, just that that interest from from football um, came about. And do you remember your first memories of of playing football as well? Did you play for a for a team or anything like that? Yeah. What age did you start? Yeah, it's it's funny actually because um, so my, my first real memory of football, if if we just go back to the the other question that you just asked me. So my first memory of football is from Italian ninety. Um, it's um, England Germany in, in in the World Cup semi final, and um, I remember I was with my mum. My mum is English for people that don't know. My mum is English. My dad's French, um, and we're watching the the game. I'm fairly sure we're in an Italian restaurant, but not that, um, that sure about the the exact details. But I remember um, England scoring a goal, um, and I was doing a little bit of research. Actually, it turns out that. Um, David Platt scored a goal. Uh, it turns out he was ruled for offside. And um, I, yeah, like I said, I, I'm not really from a football family and, and stuff. I was really when I first started to to get interested in football. And yeah, the goals goals ruled offside. And I don't understand because I don't know what an offside is. Right, so I turn okay. around. I turn around. I turn around to my mum and ask her, like, "What's going on? Why was the goal ruled out?" I mean, funnily enough, sorry, I'm just going to interject there. So, funny enough, I don't think anyone knows what the offside rule is at the moment. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, that's true. But I think that, yeah, no, nothing's changed. That. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good point. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we, like she, obviously she had no idea as well. So, I, I, I just remember this really kind of confusing time where one second we were celebrating a goal. Um, and then the next, the commentator was saying that, um, yeah, it, the, the, the goal was offside. And we, we just um, couldn't understand what, um, what it was. Um, <laughs> and, um, yeah, and basically, my, yeah, from that point, really, I think from, from Italian 90, even though I've got vague, vague memories, apart from this one bit, I, I don't really remember much more. Um, this yeah, this is where um, football really kind of um, grew into into my life, and um, it, it was the summer after that. Um, I, I remember again just going to see my mum, 
um, and, and telling her that I wanted to uh, go and play football at, uh, at the local club. So, um, yeah, we, we went there. She, she, she signed me up. Um, and again, kind of weird, I, I vividly remember the time I asked my mum that I wanted to go and play football um, in, in, in a club um, rather than, you know, just play with some friends um, outside and, and stuff. But I don't actually have many memories of like my first training session or or, or my first game um, I have loads of different memories playing um, so yeah it was about six or seven um, we actually had a pretty decent team because um, we were always kind of like there or thereabouts with with my team it was kind of like the same people that, that, that I played with for about six or seven years Mm. Um, actually, a, a couple of them made them made it as, as pros. All right, uh, hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, hey, do they? And, uh, do you know who they're currently playing for? Or uh, so one one is retired, um, but he had a pretty decent career. He played for um, uh, Not in France, okay. like Not, yeah, and then he played for a couple of um, uh, a few other teams in like Belgium. Um, he spent about six months at Oldham as well at some point. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah, kind of, kind of randomly. Um, obviously, I, uh, did you keep um, in contact with him at all? No, I didn't, because I, I, I stopped playing when I was about twelve, thirteen, I think, um, and kind of lost contact. Um, okay. And yeah, obviously, he 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 made it um, in like a, a top of um, yes, yeah, so I played for Nantes for for like four or five years. I think scored a screamer against Marseille as well. Um, <laughs> and that's kind of like you know where where he came. That's um, it, and yeah, you, you, you have a dislike for uh, for Marseille, don't uh, you? So. Yeah, yeah, you know they're 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 the biggest rivals for 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 us. So it was um it was nice to to see him score that goal and and yeah, knowing that I played with him, um that was yeah made it um made it even nicer. But yeah, obviously I, I stopped playing, so I kind of lost contact with with all the guys I played with. So um I didn't want to be the random guy that just kind of comes out of the blue once he's famous and says, oh, do you remember me? We used to play football when, <laughs> when we were 10. Um, so, um, yeah, I kind of obviously kept, kept an eye on, on, on his career. But, uh, yeah, he, he retired last year, I think, after, um, after playing for like six or seven years in, um, in Belgium. Okay, well, that's quite similar because that draws on some comparisons with myself as well. Because obviously, the first ever episode of the Back in the Day podcast was scouted with Johans, and yeah. um, obviously quite similar. We um, Johans obviously uh, progressed and, and played at Charlton till you know he's uh, uh, nineteen twenties, um, and but yeah, just like I used to look for. Um, for players I'd played against and see how they were doing. Obviously, yeah. I've mentioned Jermaine Defoe being probably the, the main one that I played against yeah, yeah. as a, a youngster as well. So, um, yeah, similar similar thing. Um, obviously, Yoantz was still friends with Jermaine Defoe, but I haven't tried to tap Jermaine Defoe up and go, to yeah. when I played against <laughs> you, because uh, he probably won't remember. Um, so, uh, and similar to what you were saying about interest in football, like with Italia 90, obviously, the first podcast in season two was about Italia 90 with Andy. And that was something that really influenced me as well. I, I love that World Cup. Um, uh, still my favourite. I think it will always be my favourite one because it was the one that really sort of got me interested yeah, in. Yeah, exactly. Particularly it's, it's international that, football. Yeah, yeah. 
um, they're your first memories. I think they they always hold a a special place. Um, I think yeah, your first memories of football. No, always, always do that. Yeah. Um, and I was going to sort of say, I mean, it goes on to like the comment my dad made about Sam's experience of like you know walking down Green Street and watching a game. And I, I think that's kind of a big thing for you as well, isn't it? The atmosphere um, of of going to watch a game. So do you remember your first game that you went to watch live in a stadium? Yes, yes, I, I, I do remember that as well. So um, again, um, after Italian 90, um, my dad managed to, um, the, the, yeah, the season after, my dad managed to get tickets to go and watch PSG. Um, and uh, yeah, it was against... Can you know the town where the famous film festival? That's is. it, yeah, yeah. Um, and it was it was winter time. I remember it was freezing, absolutely freezing. Um, and like your dad said, and, and and like your mate said in the previous pod, um, I remember um, getting out of the the tube station in Paris, um, hundreds, if not thousands, of people. Um, walking down to to um to the stadium seeing this like huge um arena obviously about forty five thousand people and i think um so you can imagine the eyes of a six or seven year old is is absolutely huge um yes i remember seeing it for the first time all yeah everyone just walking around like you said the burger vans and, and and stuff like that um around it i remember getting into the ground um live pitch seeing like all the all the spectators um and yeah i think like everyone um at that point i was i was completely hooked um, yeah that was yeah that was me i was just like that's it that's 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 what i want to that's what i want to do i want to come back as as often as, as possible that's it. And uh, what I was going to say was, um, did you have a did you have a scarf or did you get a scarf on that day? Because you do love a scarf, sir, for Paris Saint-Germain. I, I, I do, I do, I do love a scarf. Uh, I have to be honest, I can't remember, but oh, no. I, 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 I believe that my dad would have got me a little something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, but yeah, my love of scarves did did come slightly, slightly after that. Slightly after that, because yeah. yeah, you do. I always remember you for, with a Paris Saint Germain scarf, definitely. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, and then obviously you, you you said you were hooked. So then you you start to get a season ticket. You said um, over Paris yeah. Saint Germain. You've told me that before. Um, so when did that happen? And kind of did you did you follow them home and away? Um, yes, I got I got a season ticket. Uh, so it was the 99-2000 um, season, so it was about 15-16 at the time. Um, I'd gone um, obviously a lot over the years, um, and the year before that, so 98-99, um, pretty much went to all of the home games. Um, so with a couple of mates, we decided to to um to get a season ticket we might as well because um yeah we pretty much went to to um to all the games at, at, at that point so um yes it was for yeah 1999-2000 season um and uh yeah i remember it was the, yeah, the kind of like the, the golden 
age of French football, if you want, in in a way, because it was it was so cheap. Um, I remember my, my first season. It was you know you had like a specific price for under sixteen, yeah. um, and it was about a hundred euros for the season tickets, and I think that works out at about ninety quid or, or something like that. Um, obviously, before the Qataris took over, so it was it was still really really cheap at the time. Yeah. Um, and um, yes, yeah, so I again like remember um, my mate uh, going to the ticket office one day. Um, we were going to get um, a, a ticket kind of towards the, the halfway line. Um, but he came back and he said that he managed to um, get a ticket in, the, um, in one of the ends where the, um, where the ultras were, were, um, were standing. And um, that's kind of like another memory of, of my first game. Um, watching PSG, obviously, I remember the, the game kicks off and the two ends just start chanting. Um, just constant chanting the flags, the yeah. flares, um, and but that, yeah. But that's what I was going to say actually, because um, like we've we've talked a lot about English football on, on the podcast, and this is why I was really interested in doing this one, the, the French football, because um, the difference is there as well. I think it's it's been bought slightly in. I think Liverpool have kind of bought flares in in, in Champions League yeah. games in recent seasons yeah. but like things like that the, you know the flares and the you know a lot of flag waving as well I think that's happening more over here now a lot of the, the, the sort of flag waving but that wasn't kind of common kind of ground in the 90s in, in England and, and that's no. something that you were seeing in France Yeah it, it, it still is like you said but it, it really was like a, a continental thing if you want um, obviously came came from um, like Italy. Um, obviously, I'm not going to do a whole history on on, on the ultras movement because uh, that's, that's a different podcast. But yeah, um, yeah, it, it it obviously got big um, in France in in kind of like late 80s, early 90s. And yeah, I just I just remember going to my first game and and hearing all that noise. What hooked me in as well? I was like, yeah, I I, I really. Um, fancy fancy a bit of that um and uh, yeah so got 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 the season ticket and like i said my mate managed to uh blag his way through um to uh to like the the um the ultras um end and um yeah from from there um i i just got i really got into it into the whole culture the you know constant singing and you know, kind of like helping a little bit with the choreographies and, and the TIFOs and, and, and stuff like that. Just seeing all the flags and the jumping and the dancing and, and, and the flares. And I, ju- I just, I just loved it. Um, I absolutely loved it. And um, yeah, so I, I had my season ticket for about three years. Very similar um, to me when I originally yeah, had mine. Just, so around similar sort of age, probably. Yeah. Um, up until I moved to to England to go to um, to uni, so uh, yeah, it's just just great memories of going to going to the stadium with with my mates, um, you know, watching some football from time to time, and just yeah, just singing and jumping around and and, and stuff like that. It was uh, yeah, it was, it was just really really cool. I do um, think like, like and you know we we got some good memories just. Yeah, I, I was going to say um, it's quite similar to when I had my season ticket years as well. Um, 
and talked about that in uh, one of the previous podcasts in season one yeah. with Dan about um, the West Ham years as well. And um, sort of, yeah, I kind of uh, yeah had similar sort of memories. It was a different thing going football with your mates to yeah, to definitely. now as you're we're both older um, and you're you know hopefully you know you'll eventually take your children as well. I'm sure you will to to football matches um, when it's when it's when it's the right time to do that. Um, and it's just a different, yeah, it's a different kind of way of watching football and it's that buzz you're with your mates and, you know, you're going to the game and things like that. So, um, yeah, uh, I mean, we, we talked, um, about obviously going to, going to games. You've got lots of experience of going to games over here in England as well, uh, following yeah. different teams. Um, I know you've, you've watched, uh, um, you know, I know you followed Millwall at times, haven't you, with one of our friends from Uni, Rob? Yeah. Um, so, like, little things like that, like seeing different... I know you like watching different teams as well, and obviously you you followed Liverpool. Um, Liverpool was your sort of English team, wasn't it, when you were growing up in France? Um, yeah, yeah. And then we went to a game, didn't we, in Monaco? And we were trying yes. to work out the date, wasn't we? And I was <laughs> yeah. convinced it was nil-nil, but um, but you're you're quite correct. It ended up being one-nil to Monaco in two thousand and eight. Yeah. Um, now, yeah. would you like to tell the listeners that story, <laughs> and then maybe I'll give my account of it after as well? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, I knew that story would uh, would uh, would come out. But, it's a um, good story, though, isn't it? It is. It is, it is a, a, a very good story. So yeah, it was at the time where um again obviously kind of um just after uni and and before I, I kind of settled down if you want um so i was going to quite a lot of um games away in 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 france and and in europe um and yeah i remember like you me rob um and my flatmate at the time, John, just um, talking about... You can't about, teach what he knows as well. So. You can't teach what he knows, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's a personal joke, um, <laughs> listeners. And, uh, yeah, we obviously decided to uh, to um, to go to, to an away game. So I um, obviously looked at the calendar when he came out and um, Monaco was one of the first games. Um, it was August, so I thought that was perfect. Uh, been to Monaco uh, a couple of times before now, obviously, it's nice place um the weather in august is lovely so um, it was yeah, lovely thought, for us as well was in the weather it was super yeah. um so yeah we thought we'd uh go there for, for a long weekend and and go in and and watch the game so um and again it was it was at the time where um psg were good ish but it, it was before the qataris took over so we were big but not as big as we are now um so going away was easy in a way you could just rock up all the time um at, at the stadium at the away end and just get your ticket so um yeah i didn't um sort out any tickets for the four of us because that's what i used to do i just used to rock up and, and get my ticket um but what i forgot was that it was august it was the school holidays it was Monaco, <laughs> and I forgot that um, usually in August, half of Paris is in the south of France on the south coast. Um, so we did rock up, um, you know, about an hour or an hour and a half before the um, game actually kicked off. 
and uh, we were told that the uh, stadium was sold out. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, we, so. we were, and um, I remember you were even trying to source tickets in the Monaco end, wasn't you, just so that we could get yeah. in and, and watch watch the game. Um, yeah. And um, I just remember, sorry, I'm going to interject, I just remember you just talking to different people, trying to source these tickets. And obviously, you, you, you know, you're talking in French, and I know a little French, but obviously not um, not to that, that extent. And um, and like I just remember talking to Rob and John, and we were just saying to each other, um, I don't think Sab's very happy at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was I was I was really annoyed because obviously it's Monaco as well. Monaco never sell out their stadium. Um, yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's 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 just just a. Uh, uh, a real mistake of just yeah forgetting that half of Paris is on the south coast at that time of the year. It was just um, one of those things, but I'll tell you what, for the listeners, it was a great trip. We um we did have fun. I mean, I remember watching a game. We tried to find the games, didn't we? I remember we were in a I think a little bar or cafe yeah, type thing, some, some little restaurant type and, thing. Yeah. But the TV um screen was quite small wasn't it it was like it yeah. wasn't like a flat screen that we you know you, you're used to now and all of that big flat screen um so we all crammed around and watched the game but we, we watched the game we had a laugh i think we had a few few beers probably um and went to the on casino. That trip as well we had some good experiences we went to the casino um, we had a 50 euro limit each, I believe, so that we didn't <laughs> yeah. lose all of our money. Um, we were in and out in about five minutes. We were. We were. We went all suited and booted as well. Yeah. Uh, because we thought, oh, it's Monaco, and people walking around in their flip flops and shorts in there, and yeah. um, people must have been looking at us, thinking either number one, they're really important people, <laughs> or number two, um, they're English. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, yeah, and um, I, I think John won one chip, I think. I think that was our claim yeah. to fame success. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, we wasn't in there long, as you say. Um, it was very hot as well, all in suits. So the, the uh, suit jackets come off, the tyres come off. And and I, I believe he found a bar, um, more than yeah. likely. Yeah. So, and, uh, no, really yeah, good, good trip good, there. Thanks for memories. sharing that one. Good memories. Um, so, uh, sort of French football in the 90s, Sav, um, your thoughts on that? And we... And, and kind of um, obviously the influence of kind of managers that, that come over to England to manage, obviously um, Arsene Wenger come over, Gerard Houllier, um, and, and sort of um, a cluster of European um, players, not just French, but Italian and, and Spanish and so on and so forth. Spanish managers come in as well. Um, but we wanted to kind of, we could have talked about a lot of, a lot of those players and, and sort of the, I'd say in inverted commas, the main yeah. big players. Um, but we're going to touch upon um, like players around the Paris Saint-Germain link as well. Um, so maybe talk about Anelka, Ginola and Bernard Lamar as well. There's yeah. a West Ham link. With yeah, the West Ham well. connection. I thought I'd put one in, in there. That's it. And he was in goal for West Ham at times when I had my season ticket, actually. So it's a really nice league. Oh, really? Okay, cool. Yeah. So we come on to that. But um, maybe talk about your a few first memories of uh, Anelka and uh, Ginola and Bernard Lamar in France, first of all, as players. And then kind of then moving into to England, into the into the, the newly formed like 92 Premier League. Yeah. Um I'll, I'll start with um, I'll start with uh, Shinola probably um, 
yeah, he, 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 yeah, he was my favourite player, I think, at the time. Um, just so skillful and um, obviously play, played for, for PSG um, for like three years. I think he signed in 92. Um, again, at a time where kind of like mid-90s PSG had a, a, a really good team. Um, we got to the Champions League semi-final in 94 and then we um, 95 sorry because uh, we then won the Cup Winners Cup in 96 and then got to the final again the following year so kind of like mid uh, 90s PSG had a, a, a pretty good team and yeah Jeanne was um, I think was my, my favourite player at the time um, so yeah he signed in 92 um, and uh, then went to Newcastle in um, in, in 95 um, and I think Ginola's kind of interesting in a way because he, he really is kind of like the first um, superstar if you want to at least French superstar to to move to to England um, obviously it happened more um, after that but at the time um, he's wanted by Barcelona and, and, and Real Madrid um, everyone thinks he's going to sign for one of these two clubs mm. but um, he ends up at, at Newcastle and um, I kind of thought myself it was a bit weird because I didn't know much about Newcastle because it just came up um, that's right and this yeah. was the Keegan era wasn't it it was the Keegan era so um, I guess he was kind of like a perfect um, match really for 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 that team um, a really exciting player just um, yeah really skillful on the wing um, just like creating loads of assists for like Shearer and, and, and all the other um, strikers at the um, at the time but yeah I think it was yeah because like you said we could have talked about Henri and Fierro and and, and, and Cantona and, and, and things like this but obviously you know everyone has talked so much about um, about them but mm. yeah I think it's, yeah, it was interesting because you know I was kind of a, a, a superstar at the time um, Cantona is kind of one as well but when he signs for, for Leeds he's, he's, he's in a bit of trouble in France because I think yeah. it's like um, yeah he, um, he, he kicked a ball at a referee I think um, so he's, he's suspended <laughs> he for a couple previous. of months <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, so obviously he is a very good player, but he, he leaves France on under a cloud. But Ginola yeah. leaves. Well, coming on to Ginola, actually, because um, you'll be able to correct me on this, but was there something about was Julio was it Julio was manager of France and he didn't pick Ginola for a major tournament? Was this pre England yeah, so, or I couldn't quite remember. Um, no, so that, that is pre-England. So yes, it's um, yeah. There's 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 a little bit of what well, uh, there was um, obviously unfortunately until um, we have passed away recently some uh, beef between Ginola and, and him. So um, yes, yeah, so what, what happened is it's actually um, funnily enough the uh, the only time I um, cried after a football game. So what what happened is the um, uh, USA 94 qualifiers and uh, at the time we as the 
um, manager of the French national team. Um, and uh, France are top of their group. And to qualify for USA 94, they need one point um, in, for like two home games against Israel and Bulgaria. Um, and they somehow lose the first game at home to Israel, who were bottom of the group and France were top. Okay. Um, and yeah, there's a bit of beef at this just, just before the Bulgarian game because um, Ginola has a good game. But Oye kind of, I think, criticises him. Um, and at the Bulgaria game, um, it's one ball with uh, a couple of minutes to go, a couple of seconds to go, actually. And France just needs um, a draw to, to qualify for, for the World Cup. And um, yeah, in the last seconds of the game, there's um, there's a free kick at the uh, the corner flag on the right hand side, and Ginola gets the ball, but instead of keeping it in the corner, he mm. whips across, and as you can imagine, it's like the last seconds. There's no one in the box, so Bulgaria get the ball and counter attack, and literally five six seconds later, they score that goal mm. um, that gets them to the um, to the World Cup. And um, yeah, after the game, we goes in front of the press and and yeah, just lashes out as you know, saying that's a, it's what what he did was a crime, um, yeah. like re- like uses really really strong words and and that yeah, uh, they never never made up. Um, it's, and, um, and I'm not sure actually because I think I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but would that have maybe influenced? His move away from France as well was the was the, was the media was the media on his back as well at that time. Did you um, find if you can remember? I don't think the media on him. I think on 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 the French team in in general because um, there should never have been in that in that place in the, in you know there should never have been there. Um, there should have been Israel, and then there would have been That's quite it. five. It's not just um, one player's. Yeah, right. And yeah. there's there's a lot of football in that move to be played. Obviously, yeah. that's in the corner, and there's you know there's absolutely. there's mistakes so, along the way. Obviously, you, to lead to you the kind goal, of had so. like absolutely, and you kind of had like two camps. You had like the the pro Ginola camp. They were like, well, it's all yes fault because he's the manager and he couldn't beat Israel at home. And then the way yeah. he set up, the way he set up um, the French team when on on that counter attack shouldn't have happened. Blah blah blah. And you had obviously the pro Huye camp um who like well she and i should have kept the ball in the corner and it was literally about 10 seconds to go and it was at the time where there was no injury time you know you got to 90 minutes and and, and that was the end and I actually um checked the goal again and he was scored and um yeah like 99th minute and 58 seconds or something so it's literally oh, the last kick yeah literally the last kick of the game um so yeah, obviously the, the French press were all over the, the, the French team, but I, I, I don't think it, it really it obviously played a part a little bit, but Ginola was so good at the time that um yeah, he, like I said, he, Barcelona and Real Madrid wanted him. Um yeah. it, it, it it wasn't because of that that, that he left. Right. He outgrew PSG really. Yeah. I mean he's he's been Spoken, we spoke briefly with Tom in um, episode two of season two because Tom, uh, being a Spurs fan, obviously loved David Ginola as yeah. well when he was at Spurs. Yeah. So, um, 
yeah, and uh, he was a great player to watch. I mean, he, he was, you know, elegant in his movements and things like that, scored goals, made assists. And that just isn't that his mentality to keep the ball in the corner, is it? You know, no, exactly. if he could have dribbled around everyone and scored in that last 10 seconds, he would have done. <laughs> you probably, you probably you know? would have and that's what you admire him for because that yeah. is the type of player he was. And like I said, you know, there's a lot of football in that, you know, that last seconds to be played uh, yeah. leading up to the goal. And yeah, so he's come over, he's, he's played for for two clubs and, and been a real, a real influence on Newcastle's journey to the, you know, the... the you know the yeah. top of the top of the, the Premier League and nearly winning it, um, and then yeah, obviously come, going off to Spurs. They come second twice, don't they? I think they did. Yeah, they yeah. come second twice. Um, Ninety-eight got to a cup final as well. They yeah. were sort of the nearly men, wasn't they? Newcastle. Yeah. Of, um, but yeah, he had a massive influence on on the club. Um, and then if we let's move on to Anelka now, because Anelka obviously come through as a young player in yeah. France in Paris. Um, yeah, so he's yeah a, a product of the the, the youth system in at, at PSG, um, and I think that yeah he's he's quite interesting because obviously he's um, uh, the first I think if not one of the first um, like young players to to make the most of the um, the Bosman ruling because yeah he's he's a young kid. Um, who's yeah coming through the, the the system in France? I think he played about I don't know ten roughly ten games or something for, for PSG before he he signs for um, for Arsenal. But um, yeah, his first pro contract is is abroad. It's not it's not in France. And I kind of remember um, that yeah that caused obviously in in, in the French press quite um quite a stir because for for years obviously you know like everywhere else you had. Um, the, the youngsters coming through, signing their first pro contract with with their their team, and if they had to move on afterwards, they would. But um, yeah, Anelka is kind of the first big one that, because um, obviously he was highly rated. Well, um, I mean, what I will say as well for listeners, well, if you haven't managed to see, I'm not sure if you have, Sav, but there's a really really interesting documentary on yeah. Nicholas Anelka. Um, I haven't seen it actually, but I heard it's really interesting. No, it's really, really interesting. It talks a lot about kind of his, um, well, it talks throughout his career and it starts obviously, you know, start off points when he's younger. Um, mm. So it's a really interesting, because he's such a, I, I'd say use the word perhaps at times misunderstood character, yeah. Nicholas Anelka. So the documentary, for people who are interested, um, yeah, uh, try and find it. I'm not sure if it's on Netflix or Amazon Prime. Yeah, one or the um, other. Yeah, I think yeah, it's interesting because, like, like you said, I think obviously he's from that point. I think he's, he's kind of hating in France. Hate's probably a, a, a strong word, but um, I, I can't really think of, of, of anything else at, at the moment. But yeah, obviously he's yeah he he's the first um, highly rated player that signs for uh, a foreign club. Obviously, it has happened. A lot of time since then, um, not just for French clubs, but um, for, for Italian and German and Spanish clubs. Um, and uh, but yeah, obviously you know he goes to Arsenal and and he does extremely well because uh, again I, I was looking into it a little bit and I think he scores something like twenty odd goals in in about sixty games before he moves to um, Real Madrid. So 
um, he, he does he does really well. I remember um, him scoring quite a few goals against West Ham as well, actually. <laughs> in uh, in a, in one of our cup runs, I believe, if I remember yeah. rightly. Yeah. So not not good memories. <laughs> no. Um, but no, he did. He he, he did have um, like a, a, an influence at, at Arsenal, and obviously he got the to move to Real Madrid and I mean going on to talk we talked a little bit about Gerard Julio there obviously uh, rest in peace obviously lost um, lost mm-hmm. Gerard Julio recently as you mentioned earlier um, and Arsene Wenger now Arsene Wenger um, obviously he wasn't managing in France at the, the time was he when he when he no, came over to England so did you know him. much about him as well sorry just uh, uh, we sort of moving a little bit here onto manager but just because it's related to Anelka I um I, no, I f- he, he was in Japan before he signed at Arsenal. Um, mm-hmm. He was manager of Monaco before that, um, and no, he, he's he's not um, a name that at the time I I knew much about. Um, obviously, since then I, I learned a, a lot more about him, but um, obviously I knew he was at Monaco um, and. Yeah, I think that obviously he did really well under him because um, I think he won a title and almost won a couple more. And I think I think it's with him that Monaco get to the um, Cup Winners' Cup final in ninety one or ninety two. I can't remember exactly when it was. Um, so yeah, he, he he's not someone I really. F- familiar with um at, at the time at that time and i think that's yeah. that's it's just i just thought i pose that question because obviously he wasn't very well known in england obviously when he comes to arsenal but it's just like knowing that that kind of that perception in france as well yeah. that um was he was he known obviously julio was because obviously being a, a french national manager at that, yeah. that uh, period in the 90s i think yeah i think obviously in france he's well known obviously i think for, for probably um Older, because um, again, I think he signs for uh, goes to Arsenal at ninety five, I think ninety five, ninety six. Yeah, yeah that's so I'm, I'm, I'm like uh, I'm about yeah twelve, thirteen at the time. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm not aware of him, but I'm, obviously I, I know he had even at the time a, a, a good reputation in France because yeah, he, he he did really good work with um, with Monaco while he was there and. Before I think it was a Strasbourg or something like that. I can't remember exactly, but um, yeah, he, he, he has um, uh, he, a, a very good um, um, like aura and, and, and everything uh, about him. I mean, those two those two managers obviously were um, Finger and Julio, very successful in the English game, obviously, um, and influenced players coming over. We talk about Monaco there. There was a link with Thierry Henry. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, look what he did in the Premier League under Wenger. Yeah. I mean, we, we said we're not going to talk too much about those those players. But but I think that was the t- it was changing times um, in England. And, and it seems like France as well, where those players, even at a young age, like 18, Nicholas and Elka, is, is seen as a, you know, a big player product coming through a, a PSG. And then, his moves, he moves yeah. to the, the, you know, the Premier League, which is sort of taken off. And, and it, it, like you said, it's not just French players as such. The, you know, Serie A is seen as like a, 
sort of a top league and then because the, the, the Premier League's been more becoming more and more kind of uh, probably money driven more than anything yeah, money. you know Sky yeah. Sports uh, and things like that you know there's a, an influx of, of foreign um, foreign players coming in and playing and, and changing changing the you know the culture over here as well um, but we're going to talk about an, an interesting character because um, maybe someone that um, listeners might not know lots and lots about. I mean, he was a well-known player. I mean, he he definitely was. Um, but let's talk about Bernard Lamar because uh, yeah. I liked him at West Ham. I did. I did. Yeah, because I, I I was going to ask actually, like how how was he seen by West Ham fans? Because I, I don't think he had the easiest of time, did he? No, I I, I think I th- was it not? I mean, I think at that time, um, like Harry Redknapp was kind of. You had the youth coming through, but you had he was buying older players as well, experienced alongside yeah. those. That you, and we had a really good period of time actually. And um, he come in, and to be honest, I didn't mind him too much. I think, like any goalkeeper, there obviously can be liable for a mistake, and ultimately the the, the buckets yeah. with them because yeah. you know they're the last point of call when the ball ends up in the back of the net. Yeah. Um, but. I didn't. I I thought he was okay. I thought when he came in, I mean, obviously he was a French French international goalkeeper, so yeah. um, you know, he he was a good goalkeeper. Um, yeah, he 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 was. I think that's that's why I wanted to bring him up as well because he's kind of um, as well. He's for years and years, like like Ginola, he signs for PSG in '92, um, and. For years, he's number one or, or, or number two. There's no real um, for, for the French national team. Sorry, he's number one or number two. There's no real kind of um, number one, and then there's the number two like like there is today. Mm. Um, and again, he, he's um, he was one of my favourite players. He, he was so agile. Um, I, I remember when I used to watch PSG, he just remember having like total confidence in him yeah um he rarely make a, a a mistake um but yeah so he's suspended for for doping because he tests positive for cannabis right um in i think it's 97 because okay. he signs for west ham just before the 98 world cup if i'm correct it was around that period yeah 97 98 yeah. Um, yeah, so he, yeah, because, yeah, so he, he tests positive for cannabis, so he's suspended for three or four months, I think, at the time, or six or something, I can't remember exactly. So PSG go and get another goalkeeper, and when he comes back from his ban, he's number two. So to try and save his place in the French national squad for the 98 World Cup, um, he looks for another team and, and, and goes to West Ham, but, um, just before his ban, he got a, a really bad knee injury, um, which I think affected what was probably his biggest um, asset, which was kind of like his, yeah, his, his agility. Um, I remember him coming out corners and just like jumping two or three times, like, like a, a, a Ronaldo type um, uh, guy who, you know, like when Ronaldo goes to head the ball at the moment, like, you know, he's three or four yeah. heads above everyone else. Um, and obviously, Lama being a goalkeeper, he's, he's got that extra 
um, help with the hands and stuff, but he, he used to be like above, tower above everyone else. Um, and obviously he's kind of interesting as well because he's like, unlike Anelka, who's at the start of his career, Ginola, who's kind of like the superstar, Lamas kind of towards the end of his career. Um, and obviously found that quite interesting as well. And obviously he goes to West Ham, so I thought I'd, you know, try and put a, a West Ham link in. A little West Ham link. No, yeah. I like that. Yeah, and I think, yeah, it gives us common ground, obviously, to, to talk about. But, I mean, Harry Redknapp wasn't a first to, to sign in a controversial player. Yeah. Um, obviously, Paolo Di Canio comes uh, in the next next couple of seasons. So, um, but no, I, very similar. I, I can't remember going over there and watching and thinking, why on earth is this guy in goal? Um, yeah. I thought he was okay. I mean, we, we might have, it's all about opinions. So if we might have yeah. people that say, what are you talking about, Gary? Uh, <laughs> and what are you talking about, Zaf? But, yeah. but I, I didn't, I didn't mind him. It was a short amount of time and, and anyone that's, that's played international football for their country, um, he's, he's got to be doing something yeah. right, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, that brings in France 98 as well. Um, can you remember, what are your memories from that? Did you, Obviously, going into that tournament, did you expect France to to do as well as they did and obviously win it? No, um, I don't think. I don't think. No, I, I don't think anyone in France expected them to win either. Um, they weren't playing well. Um, I remember the the media were um, savaging the team and and the manager. Um, there were opinions columns and stuff in in all the sports newspaper um going you know they'll never win it why why are they bothering they need to change the manager that was you know two months before the world cup um but but they did um you know there's there's a really interesting documentary um about the whole um um process of, of, of France winning the World Cup. Um, I, I think it's only available in French, um, but it, it, it's really interesting. I think it, it kind of starts that way. Um, and then I think they're lucky because they play Saudi Arabia, I think, in the first game. Um, so a fairly easy game that they struggle a little bit, but they win. Um, and then they've got South Africa. Um, again, they struggle, but they eventually win, and that gives them the the, the confidence that they just confidence bring into the, into the um, into the knockout um, stages, um, and especially with um, Paraguay, I think in, in the first qualifying round, um, that goes all the way to um, was it golden goal or silver goal at the time? I can't remember. Yeah, I think they moved. Yeah, moved them to golden goal, didn't they? Yeah, golden goal. Um, sort of first golden goal at a World Cup. Um, I remember that. I, I actually remember that game. They're just all over Paraguay, but Chilavert is in goal and he's having one of those games. Yeah, and and they're they're just defending so well. I mean, talk about goalkeeper. Sorry, Lamar. We've talked about, but Chilavert, um, great free kick taker. Yes. Yeah, and scored absolutely. lots of goals as well. We talked about uh, uh, Higuita as well in the Italian 91, the Colombian yeah. goalkeeper. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah the South American. Yeah. The, uh, the, the Sorry. Lover. I remember him, yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so yeah, they, they've, they've finally managed to um, score a goal deep into 
um, the second half of, of extra time. Um, and again, yeah, it, it gives them that, 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 that confidence. And you can see in a documentary that, um, yeah, they, they, they kind of start not really believing that they're going to win it. But as the tournament goes, um, yeah, they, they, they believe and, and, and eventually um, win the, uh, the final fairly, fairly comfortably. That's it. And they, I mean, they did have um, a, a great squad of players. And obviously we had a lot of them that were playing in the Premier League at the time as well. Um, and then they kind of, that was their sort of purple patch, wasn't it? Because obviously Euro 2000 as well, um, they yeah. win that. Um, and yeah, so, I mean, like I said, you know, some, some fine players there. And, and as we've talked about previously with like England in the World Cup, it's building momentum. You might not, you might not play yeah. that well, um, but you get through the games. It might be a draw, it might be a win, but you get through those games and then the confidence starts breathing. Especially, I talked uh, a podcast before about Euro 96, when the team's at home as well and that momentum builds and the interest builds yeah. and, the, you know, on the streets, the fans, it all entwines, doesn't it? And yeah. it doesn't just happen, it hasn't just happened to France and England in those two tournaments, but we can talk about other other countries as well. Russia, um, yeah. they hit that that momentum as well in yeah. 2018, wasn't it? So it it can be done. It's that it's the country getting behind the uh, behind the team, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's, it's yes, yeah, it's, it's it's interesting uh, point actually because um, as you know um, in international football, I, I support England. Yes, um, I was going to. I was you bring that <laughs> up. Yeah, um, and it is really because I. Every time I used to come to England on, on, on holiday, see family and stuff, I, I, I love the passion around um, English football, um, which didn't really exist in France. Um, we're not really a, a, a supporting country. We're, we're, we admire, we, you know, we like a sport that we're good at, you know, like a, a lot of countries, um, but we're not, or at least up until that World Cup, we weren't really fans. Um, but yeah, that that World Cup um, became kind of a, a a restart for for French football. French football, the French league, became much more popular. Um, and yeah, it, it, it was because everyone just got involved in it. I remember when when France won won the final. Um, Everyone was outside in big towns, small towns, little villages. Everyone was just celebrating with their flags. And I remember going out with um, all my mates when France won, and we were out with um, with our just trying to make as much noise as, as possible, um, waking all the all the neighbours up. And and uh, yeah, it, was, it, it it kind of yeah. Um, yeah, this this thing around around football that that has pretty much stayed. Obviously, like you know, the relationship between the French team and and the French public has had its ups and downs. Um, but I think, yeah, it, it, like like you said, it, it was um, a moment where everyone really um, got got around around it and and really really supported it. Yeah, that's it, and I think. 
Uh, obviously, it helps. It helps the uh, the manager, helps the players as as well, and it just sort of it can help drag them drag them along. And they had that success in '98. Um, I mean, let's let's move on to PSG now. Um, as PSG now are very different to what we've talked about in the '90s. So is this going to um, come all the way forward to kind of present day? I mean, obviously, um, you know, the money behind it. Uh, the takeover, the money spent on on Neymar. Um, uh, how many years ago now? Three years, three years ago. Uh, yeah, I think so. About three years like, ago. Yeah, him and, obviously, him and you know, um, and, and that's it. So, so how do you find? I mean, we come on to the the new manager being appointed as well. Um, we talk about him, Pochettino, um, and your thoughts. So over to you, Sav. Um, yeah, so it's, it, it is really weird because I, I, I remember when obviously especially in the Premier League you had all of these clubs being bought by foreign owners it obviously started with Abramovich but um, obviously then you had all the big clubs being bought by um, foreigners Americans investors usually um, but then you had teams like Portsmouth and Cardiff and stuff like that being bought by by foreign owners and I, I was always like oh this it's it's a shame really um and then suddenly it happens to your club you're kind of like oh that's you know kind of feel a bit conflicted yeah so obviously you haven't, you haven't asked for anything it's just happened that the Qataris were interested in PSG but I think there's political um ramifications behind it but um yeah, it, it, it kind of just happens. Um, and yeah, it is, it is kind of weird because obviously like we straight away um, really kind of entered a, a different dimension from anything else that's happened in France before. Um, Marseille did have a good team in like late 80s, um, early 90s. Mm. But could only have a certain amount of foreign players at the time. So one of them is Chris Waddle. One of them is Chris Waddle, who was uh, yeah. yeah, was my first my first idol as a as a as a as a football fan. Yeah. Um then you had Lyon obviously in the two thousands who were dominating French football where they won like eight or nine seven or eight I think titles in a row. Mm. But they never really had the financial clout. Um, that, that PSG had. So, yeah, straight away, you've got players like Ibrahimovic, Beckham, Thiago Silva, yeah. um, Marco Verratti that, that arrive hundreds and hundreds of millions of, of, of money that, that is spent, um, you know, usually, especially the first, like, four or five years, um, usually, like, more than all of the other French clubs put together. It's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely crazy. Um, but even at that time, I kind of had this weird relationship with, with PSG because um, the previous chairman had um, banned the, the ultras from, from going to, um, to the games because um, of a lot, lot of trouble that had been caused. Okay. Um, so I kind of was just like, well, um, I felt as well like punished for something that I didn't do so. I was kind of in a yeah, a bit of a weird relationship with them, and then yeah, so the Qataris take over, and um, straight away prices go up. Um, you're talking like you know 
Premier League level type of mm. of, um, of money to get into the stadium when Fortnite was you know at least half the price, if not if not more. Um, and this kind of like commercialization of of um, of of the the club that yeah obviously hadn't happened and this whole circus around it and you know signing Beckham for six months just for, for we didn't need him it was kind of just like a, a PR move to like the Brian isn't it the Brian to yeah, Beckham sell his shirts exactly um, and yeah so you've got like the, the, the commercial director who a, a year or two in um, in, in the, the Qatari era that comes out in the press and and obviously there's rumours that the ultra should be going back and, and stuff like that because you know they're the historical fans and you know they were there when when PSG was struggling etc etc and and you you basically say like we're we're allowed to something along the lines of we're allowed to choose the type of fans that we want at the ground um, so basically what they want is consumers that pay a lot of money um, and just go to the game and applaud at the end and, and are happy to spend 15 quid on a hot dog or, or, or that type of stuff. So, and that's yeah. it. And the parallels with, I mean, um, obviously, you know, with, with football, um, it, it, we've talked a little bit about it. The money is so money driven now. And um, obviously West Ham, not in the same extent, definitely not as Paris Saint-Germain about the money. I mean, um, our owners can't, you know, get any money together at the moment, apparently. <laughs> but, um, but it was that move to the London Stadium and the, the fan base seemed to, at times, change. Yeah. And, you know, the, I'd say the touristy type people watching football. But it's not just at West Ham or, or PSG. I think that's across the board, really, as, you know, as football's moved on and things like that. And, um, uh, yeah, and I don't, it hasn't, yeah. it hasn't changed totally. But it's that link with that, and I can see where you're what you're saying about that con- conflict between, well, you know, I'm seeing the best players now at my club, and and it's great to watch them, and they can have success, and potentially in Europe as well. But it's that conflict in your in your heart of saying kind of what's being lost yeah, here, um, you, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, so it's kind of relationship at, at, at that time, but. Um, there's also, you know, I'm 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 a PSG fan. At the end of the day, yeah. I, I, you know, I want I want my 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 team to win and and do well. And obviously, yeah, we get we get all of this money. It's kind of you know, championship manager on 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 a cheat code where you yeah. just get you know all the money in the world and and you're able to pretty much buy anyone you want. Anyone so you it's, want. It's it's actually pretty fun um, for 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 a few years. Um, and you know, uh, we win so many trophies. I think it's like seven out of nine league titles, six cups, seven league cups, um, all of the like the equivalent of the community shield or charity shield or whatever it's called now. Um, and obviously, it, with all that money, like everyone hates PSG. And obviously, in France, you've got this. Um, you know, in England, you've got the north-south divide. In in France, you've got Paris against the rest. So, as a as as a as a Parisian, yeah. I know that everyone in France hates us even more than they used to before. So oh, I kind okay. of have this thing where I want them to do well, um, in this weird kind of regional sense of pride. 
mm. um, that, that that I have as a as a Parisian. But then, um, yeah, at the same time, I'm, uh, I'm yeah, kind of conflicted. It's 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 it's, it's weird, but um, they eventually allowed the the ultras back in um, about th three years ago, I think, something like that. Um, so yeah, that that has helped a little bit more because yeah, the, you know, there were the the fans that um, were there two years, two or three years before the Qataris took over. We almost went down in the, yeah. in the second division. I, re I remember going to that game, um, the, the game that we needed to win to to, to survive in in the top league. Um, and yeah, I, I felt really bad when you know there were the, the people that went there when PSG were rubbish. Um, weren't weren't allowed to to see the, the the glory days that's it i think um like with with any any time there's some sort of move a, a substantial move in a football club like moving stadium or or it might be you know the the amount of money that the, the club have got it's important to take your existing fans with you you have to do you have to try and do that and you have to because they are the heart and the soul of the club and like yeah. what we were talking about previously about at the moment um, hopefully, you know the owners of clubs will appreciate what the fans actually do for do for the club as well as well as the uh, as well as the money and so on and so forth. But um, we just end with like kind of with Pochettino obviously being appointed. Um, what do you think with PSG for the rest of the the season? The league title yeah. in, in the bag? I don't know. I think I think we will. Um, I, obviously, yeah. Very first of all, very happy to have Pochettino. Uh, he played for PSG. Um, he was only there for a couple of years, I think, but um, kind of became a bit of a cult figure, um, mm. but in in a good way. Um, he was a solid defender. Um, so yeah, he's got a bit of history, and obviously, um, turns out he's a pretty decent manager. Obviously, what he did with Spurs was quite phenomenal. Um, so yeah, I, I'm 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 happy um, to 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 have him. I think he'll um, well he'll do well. He'll, he'll definitely win trophies um, in France. Um, can we do it this year? I think we will. It's obviously a bit more difficult because um, we've got a lot of injuries. But mm. I think eventually the fact that we've got a much better squad than everyone else and everyone else like, it helps. Yeah, there's. there's 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 about four or five teams, but they I don't think they're going to be um, consistent enough to be there at, at, at the yeah, end of the year. Um, yeah. Which is which is the problem. I think um, Monaco was obviously the only team that won the title. You see, if you accept the first year of the Qataris, um, Monaco is the only team that um, beat PSG to the title, and and they had one of these years where. Um, everything went right. Um, they barely dropped any points and, and, and stuff like that. So um, I, I don't think there's anyone consistent enough this year to um, to to win the trophy. So I think I think we will. Um, the Cubs, I don't know. I think it depends how seriously they take exactly. it. Because there's there's a lot of obviously as you know there's a lot of games in, in a short period of time at the moment. So um, definitely, as Do you, you think... know, the Qataris want to win the, the Champions League, so they'll probably concentrate. They'll probably concentrate on that in the league. Yeah. Do you think? Can you see them winning the Champions League? Got a good chance as anybody. Yeah, I think I think maybe not this season. 
but I, I going forward think eventually will happen. I think eventually it will happen when I don't know. Look, it took Chelsea what fifteen years to win the Champions League under Abramovich. That's it. Um, it's probably going to because we've got you know we've got the players um, apart from well I was going to say apart from Ronaldo and Messi, but that was at their pump. Um, we can probably buy anyone mm. um, if the players want to sign for Paris. So, uh, you know, we, we can have the squad. I think Pochettino will build a better squad and, you know, whether it's under him or, or, the, PSG, got... or the PSG equivalent of Di Matteo, we'll probably win it eventually. That's it. Yeah, I was going to say, it's, um, you know, all of that money pumped into Chelsea with Abramovich, but it was sort of, you know, they won it when they probably least expected to win it. Exactly. Um, yeah. So it's yeah. one of those things with the Champions League. It's and I think that's what I, I always like it when it gets some knockout stage. You used to like it when it was the old European Cup because like those one off games. That's when I, I'm interested yeah. in it. I don't really like the league format. I've never really liked no, it. I'm, I'm I'm the same. I, I never I never watched a group stage. No. Um I because I mean especially now obviously you you see some really good games in, in the knockout stages mm. um, whether it's PSG or, or, or others they, they're usually um, pretty good pretty good games No definitely I, I definitely agree and um, what about Liverpool because obviously Liverpool's a team you look out for over here um, do you think they win the league again? Yeah, um, yeah I think Man City are going to win the title this year Oh do you? I mean if you yeah. a bit of form haven't they recently? Yeah I think I think I think they have they um, I, I, to be honest, I haven't watched a lot of them this season. But from what I read, um, yeah, they're, they're, they've started playing some some really good football, um, and and hit like you said, hitting some form. And they're only about four points behind Liverpool now. I think it's so tight at um, the, the top it, half. It, it, of really, table. It, it, it really is. Um, but yeah, I think I think City are going to win the title this year. Yeah. Okay. Um, what about what about you? Who do you think is going to win it? I think. I, I think Liverpool are going to do it again. I think they will. Um, but I can see where what you're saying with City, especially at the moment when they've hit a bit of form. Um, and if I've always said with City, if they can sort their defence out, like That's Liverpool true. like Liverpool did, um, but obviously Liverpool got injuries. It all depends, really, because like you said before, there's so many games in quick succession. Some people are beating people that you wouldn't necessarily expect. Um, fatigue on players potentially at times. Um, we see. I mean, I we're, we're saying now. You think City? I think Liverpool. We we'll yeah. see what happens yeah. at the end of the season. Excellent. Um, what, about, what about West Ham? Where are you going to finish? Um, I take top ten, Tev. Um, yeah. uh, I, I don't. Uh, I'd like a cup run as well. We play Stockport tomorrow night. Um, we've got previous of losing to Stockport with an Ian Dowie young goal back in really? the nineties. Um, so hopefully nothing like that will happen again. Um, yeah. But let's, I, I'd say top ten would be good for us. Yeah. I think we yeah, this be season's good. been good for us. It's been a not, it's been a nice stable season, um, which yeah. we need, and we just need to keep on building on that. It's just little building blocks. I'm not yeah. not one for let's get in the top four, you know, Champions League. Yeah, yeah. We're West Ham, like you know, yeah. it's same for top ten. Love a cup run. Yeah, love a cup run. That's my uh, that's my uh, aim for West Ham, really, or my hope, rather, should I say, my hope. Um, but look, listen, Sav, 
thanks for being my guest. Uh, you've been a great well, guest and talk thanks, about your experience of, of French football. Um, no, thank you. Yeah, well, yeah, it was, it was, it was, a, it was a pleasure. It's probably, you know, loads more that I could say, but probably don't want to do a, a five-hour podcast. Oh, that's it. Well, <laughs> you're welcome to come on any other time you like. So that's uh, that's great. So basically, any of my listeners who would like to make any comment, share their own thoughts on the subject, or would like to appear on a future pod, please email me at podbitd. So that's podbackinthedag at gmail dot com, or you can follow me on Twitter uh, now, which is at pod pod and then capital B I T D. Um, or Instagram, which is pod, uh, B-I-T-D, uh, that's all lowercase. So you can follow me on there. You can find all episodes on there. Um, and you can find uh, these podcasts on Spotify as well now. Okay. Um, so good. You, thumbs up from south there. Okay. So you've been listening to Back in the Day. Uh, thank you for listening. And please pass the pod.